just welcome everybody to the Wrestle Down. Wrestle Down! Yeah. So loud, so loud, too loud. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Wrestle Down. Okay, this is the Wrestle Down. Uh, I'm Jer Palapol. That's me, Dennis Bruno. And uh, our mascot, of course, is Keaton the Kitten Man. He's over by the the. He's on the green blanket, making sure the blanket is good. And for our 40th episode, whoa, we have done more episodes than there have been Royal Rumbles. Yeah, for our 40th episode, 40th episode, (laughs) we have a special guest. Alyssa Spinner! Hi, everyone! Yay! Hey, fans! She is my better half, and also a bit of a novice to wrestling. Putting it mildly. Yes, but we but she watched stuff with me. She watched the Royal Rumble with us, the 2020 <laughs> Royal Rumble, the I mean, 33rd, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think so, because I think the first one was in 87? Yep. Yeah. It was a couple years after WrestleMania 1. Yeah, I can hear it when I click, so I'm not going to look it up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but we watched it this past Sunday, and yeah, I, what, over, what are your overall impressions of the event? I feel like the, oh. ev- the event itself was... I mean, it's all about the Royal Rumble matches. There yes. were other matches in there, and we'll get to them. But um, both of them felt like the story of two halves in both matches. Like, there was mm. a, a strong narrative to both of them, which was interesting because Les- uh, Brock Lesnar enters number one for the men's one. So the whole narrative kind of revolved around him for the first yeah. half. And I would argue that Bianca Belair kind of defined the women's yes. one for the first half. And so I enjoyed three of the four halves. Yeah, all um, right. Three of the four halves. Yeah. yeah. Well, honey, what did you think? Well, I, um, like Dennis said, um, I, like, I really like that it was kind of like a sort of like David and Goliath type story with, especially with the men's one with Brog Lesnar, just, you know, big, big guy knocking out anyone who comes his way. And mm-hmm. then, you know, along comes Drew McIntyre and whole cast of other characters to challenge him. And then the challenger, then the challenger becomes the champion. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, it told a nice, uh, the Rumble matches told a nice story. Uh, do you guys want to go match through match and uh, talk about uh, what is there? And Alyssa, if you have any questions about background or uh, like, you know, storylines leading up to it, uh, feel free to ask and we'll do our best to answer this this thing that doesn't make sense. In two hours or less. <laughs> this, will, this will be a shorter episode, I think, which I'm happy to do because oh, yeah. editing is difficult. Uh, <laughs> Pro- probably less for your sake, for your sakes, fans. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's, uh, yeah, it's Takes me time, yeah. and I was I was just making a comment about length because there's usually just a wacky amount of backstory to most yeah. people's one-on-ones. So. Right. Uh, so we first had Roman Reigns versus King Corbin uh, in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Speaking I'm, of wacky backstories, I am just I'm just realizing that a Baron is like a title. Yep. And so I I wonder if King Corbin will be his permanent gimmick. Baron King Corbin. Yeah. Yeah, I I liked this match. I feel like I, I had read a commentary about it earlier that uh, was just like, oh, this was really long because it was false count anywhere. Yeah. So they, like... It was 21 minutes, apparently. In, in very much almost like a theater sense, because, I mean, pro wrestling in part is very much theater and grandiosity. They explored the space. Yeah. Uh, they spent very little time in the ring. They beat the crap out of each other all around the stadium, which I really liked. Yeah. Uh, honey, what'd you think? It was the first, first match of the night, so uh, it had to set the stage. Okay, so the first match I remember watching was the Roman Reigns and King yes. Corbin. Yeah, that was the one. Yeah. Oh, my God. That, that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like... 
the way they use the porta potties at yes. the end, like he was like it's like slamming Roman Reigns through the porta potty, and I was really hoping that he would knock the potty over and sit on it, and that would count. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> they gotta be able to see the shoulders. Uh, there, yeah, it's like straight out of middle school. <laughs> Very much, yes. Including when like you get beat on by a bully, and then his bully friends show up. Yeah. And start oh. beating yeah. Oh, I almost forgot about I almost forgot about that. And the, yeah, like wait, whose entourage was that? Who came? Uh, Romans or Corbin? Corbin's. King Corbin, Corbin that's had, what I uh, thought. Dolph Ziggler and uh, Bobby Roode yep. of, coming out. Of course, the king has to have his, you know, knights around him. Yes, and then his Roman Reigns' guard. Uh, cousins, the Usos, came out to save him. Yes. To even the odds. Which oh. like jump off of things. It was very interesting for like the part where they basically had their seconds show up and fight each other mm-hmm. because it was like, well, well, if you were bored with the first match, now you can watch a tag team match. Yeah, the it just happened in the middle, and then they kind of lost track of where Corbin and uh, Reigns were until one of them popped up yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah, the uh, Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler were fighting one of the Usos, and then the second Uso just like appeared from the sky and knocked yes. out all of them. It's like okay, back to your regularly scheduled match. Yeah, yeah. And then it ended with uh, Roman Reigns getting the pin, doing a spear on the uh, dugout of the. Uh, uh, what, they were in what Houston? Yeah, Houston yeah. Astros. Yeah. Astros uh, yeah, the Astros dugout. Yep. So. Yeah, fun match, fun way to start the night. I didn't, I barely watched the pre-show. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a little bit of it, but didn't think it was, yeah, it's not really worth commenting on. It featured two matches. Yeah, two matches, that happened. <laughs> and and the, the thing is, I feel like it was a very good precursor um, that we were talking about the two halves, mm-hmm. the challenger defeating the champion. We have like Corbin as, you know, like the king mm-hmm. and then Roman Reigns victorious in the end. And I feel like that set the tone for the whole night. Uh, in what way? As I was saying, you know, King Corbin, you know, he's very much the king, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, he's a champion. Okay. Even though Roman Reigns is well known within the franchise, mm-hmm. like it felt to me like another challenger defeating. Oh, okay. like, yeah, so like an someone underdog. who's victorious, just yeah. like, um, just like with the ma- with the rumble matches. Okay. Like I, so I feel like that was a f- like foreshadowing. Okay, so uh, let's get into the first rumble match, right? the women's royal rumble match. Uh, Charlotte Flair won in a little under an hour, fifty four minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she beat uh, the second last person in the ring was Shayna Baszler. Thirty women entered, and Shana, Charlotte Flair won. Yep. Uh, what do you think about Charlotte Flair as the winner of this? The winner, by the way, if you don't remember, gets the title shot at oh, WrestleMania. I was stoked. I really love her her technique. Mm-hmm. I um, she's a former gymnast that truly shows. Like, just I love watching her athleticism mm-hmm. and I truly feel like she deserves a shot. I know. Yeah, last year it was was Be- it her and Becky or uh, Becky? Yes. And- yeah, Becky won last year. And, but it'll be great for her to have that shot again at Mania mm. again. Yeah. And since Becky was the champion last year, will she still be fighting at WrestleMania? Uh, Becky, the whatever Charlotte does is up in the air. She has to choose her champion. And the, oh, okay. the current rumor is that she might challenge Rhea Ripley in NXT mm. instead of the other. The current champions in the other brands are uh, Becky, uh, and Becky and Bailey. Yeah, the Beats. Yes. So we'll see if everybody holds on to their titles and we get, uh, we'll see what happens, what they do. Could be anything. Dennis, what do you think about the match? Um, I really liked it. I thought that it was the match with the most question marks because it was a 30-person battle royal, but they only announced seven people who were going to be in it. Yeah. So that left 23 spots to just surprise you. Right. Um, I thought Molly, Mighty Molly was super fun, just yeah. showing up in her superhero duds. That was delightful. Yeah, yeah. Old school Molly Holly coming in. Uh, also Kelly Kelly. Oh, Show God. up. Yeah. Which, 
One of the things we didn't mention was that uh, we had all bet on numbers that were randomly generated by a friend of the show, Dave Thomas. Yes, we are recording this in a place where it's legal to bet on things. Hooray! <laughs> International waters. Yes. <laughs> Don't get at us. Yeah. Right. And if you really want to indict us over $5 bets, come at me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, come at Dennis. Yeah. Not me. Yeah. Uh, I didn't win any of them. <laughs> I know how to speak some Latin. Let's do law. So. <laughs> but yeah, I, the reason I mentioned the betting and the numbers is that Kelly Kelly came in at a spot that, mm. as we found out, was meant for Sasha Banks. Yes. And one of the five numbers that I had was Kelly Kelly. Yes. So, could have been, you could have had Sasha Banks. You could have had five minutes of extra hope. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Very much. Um, and it's funny because, like, Kelly Kelly entering the like, curse spots as a wrestler was known as just, like, she would spin around while somebody had her legs around their head, and then she would yell real loud, and I tapped my girlfriend, who was also watching uh, the show with us, and I said, she's gonna come in, she's gonna do a, a thing, and she's gonna yell real loud. Ten seconds later, doing it. Yep. And then she did a stink face, which nobody likes. Yes, and she was out, and it was a nice little thing. I guess uh, Sasha Banks might have, like, some kind of, uh, the rumor's an ankle injury. Ankle injury, but yeah. So, that's why she wasn't in this match. And with all, like, the surprise entries, like, Beth Phoenix was a surprise entry, I would say mm. the biggest surprise to it was that she carried most of the match, Beth Phoenix narratively. Yes. Because, yeah. like, we were talking earlier, the first half of the match, I feel like, was the story of Bianca Belair standing out looking super athletic and charismatic and pulling off some very impressive things and looking great opposite Alexa Bliss. And then once the second half of the Rumble kicked in with Charlotte, Beth really held it together. Yeah, she was the, I mean, she's the, from what I can guess, more or less the veteran of this kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so she got in there and she was carrying it a lot through a bunch of NXT call-ups and, you know, random people the from the past. Yeah, like Santina. Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> yep. That was a terrible thing to put at number 29. Yep. So, uh, so Santina, is that Santina and Drag? Yes, that was uh, the... Um, Non-binary? No, the wrestler is a, a guy named Santino Morella. He's a, he is a very talented comedy wrestler, I would say. Uh, for like, I saw, what, 10 years or something, he was like around as like a goofy you know, character, but sometimes he would, there was like a period around WrestleMania 25-ish, uh, yep. where he dressed up as a woman to enter a WrestleMania Battle Royale, yeah. and it kind of sucked because like a man won a twenty-five. Yeah, Royale, yeah, and I mean it was it was it, suck. it was kind of a low point for women in, in WWE. It's not the best callback because no. WWE's been doing a very ham-handed job or ham-fisted, <laughs> ham-handed, same thing, yeah. of patting themselves on the back for being progressive towards women's wrestling. So to have a callback to a guy who at WrestleMania twenty-five yeah. won a women's Royal Rumble or Battle Royal, I should say, yeah. is it, it's not like the biggest step back because it's not like he won this as well. Right. But it's that kind of an unwelcome. In, that, yeah. that he was in there when there were so many other talented women wrestlers yes. who were not in. Yeah. The Iconics, Rhea Ripley, any of uh, Shayna Baszler's uh, runner yeah. baits. Yeah, they never, they never get anything to do. Hell, yep. not even Ronda Rousey was in this. Yeah. Well, I don't expect... Rousey hasn't been around since WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. okay. I did expect her to... Or I did think that she could show up as a surprise. Mm. But uh, I wouldn't expect her to come in, you know, late and then not win. Yeah. So thankfully she didn't come in. And I feel like if they were going to have this kind of gag, they should have put it at the beginning rather than in, like, a prime spot. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think the thing that stings most is, what, like, what you said with so many talented women being left out. I met, uh, the Iconics haven't been around, man. It's, yep. it's, it's heartbreaking. It, it's bizarre as far as that goes. Yeah. They probably went to journalism. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kayla! <laughs> um, and I... 
But yeah, the the final people in the match I really liked. It was down to uh, Shotzi Blackheart mm-hmm. and Shayna Baszler and yep. Charlotte Flair and Beth Phoenix. So that's a strong final four. Was Shotzi in the final four? Oh, I feel like she was. Okay. Wow. She was definitely like final six or seven. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that was that's a good one. Uh, honey, you always got about to say something? I lost my train of thought for okay. a second. Okay. Just listening. All right, that's fine. Um, yeah, a very good match. I don't know where it ranks in the other, or compared to the other ones, because I don't remember them very well. But I think it's, like, you know, not to diss them, but like, yeah. it's just, they all melt together right now. I feel like the other ones were kind of defined, but like the first one was the first one. Right. And at the time, Asuka was really, I feel like, uh, welcome to win it. She was like, of the people who could have won two years ago, she, like her, Nikki Bella, and maybe one or two other people, you're just like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Last year was all about the story of Becky Lynch and her ascending to be the man. Yeah. Um, so this year, there wasn't as much build to it, and it felt like the most natural choice to win it won it. Yeah. yeah. So I'd, I'd feel like this is this ranks at the, th- at the bottom okay. of three. Yeah. I think this one might rank above the first one for me just because I think that one was based on a lot of nostalgia. Yeah. A lot of people coming back from older wrestlers and then... Uh, you know, being like, hey, I'm here, and I contributed to women's wrestling in America. And now it's all about, you know, it's like a, it's a standard Rumble match. Yeah. Because you got a lot of those spots that wouldn't that they couldn't do in the first one because they blew half of it with Brock Lesnar throwing people out. Sure did. Yeah, so you got, like, Naomi saving herself uh, and making a fantastic splash. She's... Oh, she's so fun to watch. I love her energy. I love mm-hmm. her spirit. She is so fun to watch. My favorite part of her was mm-hmm. how even when she was out of the ring, she was not on the floor, and she kept trying to build a bridge to get back. <laughs> I feel like um, even during a lot of the fighting, that was one of the most fun things to watch. Yeah, it's one of the highlights of the Rumble. Usually they have something like that with Kofi Kingston, uh, but they didn't do that this year. So this time, uh, Naomi got to do it. And she did a great job, and I think I still see people like retweeting like gifs of her like doing stuff in this match, just because it was so she has a fantastic look and is amazing. And man, I hope that she gets used. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. On SmackDown, I guess she's listed as a Raw superstar here, but that's weird. That um, is weird. Yeah, she's technically a free agent, but yeah, we'll see. I hope she shows up in SmackDown. I would love for her versus Bailey. Yep. In the future, Bailey doesn't have anything to do. Right now, as far as I'm concerned. Speaking of which, Bailey defeated Lacey Evans. Sure did. Uh, honey, what, do you remember this match? Yes. Yeah, perfectly. <laughs> okay, because okay. I barely do. Um. So, basically, I kind of got sold into wrestling because of Bailey. You know, sure. I, I'm the type of person who's a sucker for the nice underdog, who mm-hmm. just, you know, the happy, positive person, all those little girlfriends, but now they're turning into a, her into a heel. And then, if, you know, Lacey Evans, who pretty much is the type of, you know, Vince McMahon's ideal woman, you know, blonde, busty, military. Yep. And, but then she's supposed to be the good guy in this. So I just had conflicting feelings throughout, but I feel like even though as a Bailey fan, I was kind of rooting for Lacey because she had that su- her sweet little daughter in the audience. Oh, yeah, that does help a lot. And then like her daughter, like booing Bailey, that was priceless. It's funny because it's the opposite of when uh, Bailey had her own little fan in the, in the crowd Aww. during the, um, NXT days. Yep. <laughs> they really should have a smackdown between the t- I mean, I don't advocate for children getting beat up. <laughs> but the little fans should have their own little little mini fight. At, okay. this, at this point, Izzy's like a 15-year-old girl, 
and it looks like Lacey's daughter is under 10. Seven, yeah, that, so, that would be fair. That would be fair. It wouldn't be fair, uh, no matter how much military training that child may have. Yeah, Listen, really. Nicholas is a 12-year-old boy who's a former Raw Tag Team Champion. That's Book true. it. <laughs> That's true. They are not afraid to have young children in matches. Hell yeah. I honestly... like. They've run out of women's first. It's right. time for girls first. <laughs> time for children first. <laughs> I'm into these matches only because I like to see what they do with Lacey, uh, Lacey Evans' daughter next. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. They just have very cute camera cuts to her. Mm -hmm. She just, like, grits her teeth and, like, roars like a tiger and holds out, like, ti and, like cat hands. It's yeah. adorable. And at this point, I'm rooting for her to get in the ring more than Lacey. Yes, so... she's an adorable kid. I'm not... I'm yeah. still not sold on Lacey as a face no. quite yet. Yeah, no. it just... Something about that whole like dynamic just felt a little off to me. Yeah, I, I think Bailey's doing great work though. Yeah. Um, so. I mean, no, she, like she's doing a great job. Like she's doing a great job. I feel like she sold, like you know, she sold the heel. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like you know she's always gonna be you know happy, sweet Bailey mm -hmm. to me. Like I'm, but I feel like she is like selling the heel very well. You know, the kind of you know darkening of her hair and her outfit, like. Right, cutting out the ponytail. Yeah, and I just, and I feel like she's, you know, selling that with her appearance as well. Right. Yeah, I, I think this was the low point of the show, but it wasn't a bad match. It also ended real suddenly. And yeah. They both had really, they both had like excellent mood. Like technically, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. It's it, the crowd was kind of down for it, which makes sense. They just sat through an hour long rumble. Yep. Um, and then we had Bray Wyatt, the Fiend versus Daniel Bryan in a strap match. And I remember when I saw the graphic for this, and I thought, I started laughing because I forgot that how many dumb gimmicks they threw into some of these matches. Yep. Oh God. So uh, yeah, they had Daniel Bryan and Bray Wyatt strapped together so they can't get away from each other and they beat each other up. And The Fiend won, as always. Cool! <laughs> no, like, the, the biggest thing I liked about this match was that um, they stopped using The Fiend's red lights yeah. so that you could actually see it. Right. Um, who knows exactly what the, what the thinking was behind that, but I think one of the smartest things is that Daniel Bryan wrestled in trunks and boots. So right. if you're going to beat somebody up with a leather strap, which The Fiend did, it helps to visually see a lot of the damage on him. So Daniel Bryan got whipped a lot. You could see the welts. You could see the damage. It made the like the match itself just more visually appealing than if you just washed it out with red lighting. Mm. Daniel Bryan looked like he could win it at a few different points, so that it wasn't just the fiend having people try offense on him, all of it bouncing off him, not really looking vulnerable. Daniel Bryan did a really good job, especially at one of the biggest pivotal points in the match, wrapping the strap around his mouth hole and just wrenching it back in the S-lock and looking like he could make the Fiend submit. Yeah, yeah, the um, the back and forth was really good. Yeah. Daniel Bryan is a genius, and he brings out the best in the Fiend. Honey, yeah, you were scared of the Fiend. Oh, my. <laughs> and, like, his theme music with, like, you know, like, all the, like, the little kid, like, kind of, like, you know, this darkened version of a little kid show. Yeah. And, like, and then he comes out with this, like, Friday the 13th, like, face. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, like, the thing is, if he was just, you know, a horror creature on his own, I wouldn't have been afraid, but, like, <laughs> mixing it with, like, the little kid show is what freaked me out. I just want to tell this anecdote that uh, she saw the fiend, and it was like, oh, God, that, that's so messed up. 
And then the kid show thing happened. She's like, oh, thank God, finally, kid show thing. <laughs> and then it, it, it turned out that they were together. Oh, she was really... scarred <laughs> me. That scarred me. She literally, she was sitting next to me and literally said, oh, it just makes it worse. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, honey. <laughs> yeah, if we have kids, we're keeping them the fuck away from the scene. Yeah, he's, we're finding a different kid show to put them on. <laughs> he's not on your short list of babysitters. No. <laughs> no. No, we'll, we'll let Keaton do the deciding <laughs> on who the babysitter should be. Yes. Yeah, we're keeping him the fuck away from Keaton, too. What? No, Keaton's a sweet boy. Just... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is fascinating decision making. They're just like, totally logical, keep the demon away from the kids. Let the cat decide who watches them. Yeah, I don't know. He knows you... people. Alright. You think he'll sweeten the demon out? No, I think it'll kill <laughs> Well, he might. I mean, I think he'll. I said let him choose the babysitter. I mean, he could, he'll probably choose Dennis because he's the guy that. I would trust you over the fiend. Yes. To watch the demon. <laughs> I would. I would. That's yeah. the strongest vote of confidence we've gotten today. Yeah. And he, uh, Dennis has a. Uh, I mean, the fact that you've you know worked with kids at a school, you know, irrelevant. But yeah, yeah, you're yeah. not the fiend is the greater qualification. Right. Like, he's an uncle. He's babysat plenty. You know. It's true. So it's perfectly logical, but it's up to Keaton. That's, that's, you know. that's fine. Listen, that's fine. I, I bow to his authority. Yeah. He's almost 13, so that's I true. suppose it's yeah. the point in his life. Exactly. And by the time we have kids, he'd be at, you know, 15 he, he or be the whatever. whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, what did you think of the match, though? <laughs> <laughs> I was too distracted by the red lights. There was no red lights on this Or, or no, I mean, I, maybe I saw some in a flashback. Oh, yeah, yes. For the, yeah. For the, yeah, yeah. Um, for the video package before it, there were a lot of red lights, but the actual match was just regular. I feel light. like it was just kind of yeah. The regular match I felt like was kind of just like kind of standard. Oh, like yeah, you I'm... didn't really care about the straps and the, the yeah, whipping and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I my my favorite or yeah. I like that. Oh, I guess you haven't seen the rest of the fiends work, but ninety percent of the time he's just not selling for his opponents. He's just an unstoppable thing. And when he faced Daniel Bryan in here, he seemed vulnerable. Like, he seemed like he could, he could win until he decided that he was going to win and just stood up and then <laughs> did his move. Yep. Which is fine. That, that makes, that's good healing. I can't wait to see what uh, happens next with the with Bray Wyatt. Yeah. So. The final minute, I thought, was really nice. Like, yeah. WWE cinematography is very good as far as, like, big professional wrestling companies. They, they get the shot better mm -hmm. than anybody else. So Daniel Bryan sitting up and trying to, like, really rally the crowd behind him from a seated position, and then you just see the fiend in the background stand up right. on the face. They like, did the uh, Ibushi, uh, Will Ospreay uh, camera angle. Yep. Where one guy's in the forefront, and then the guy's behind him, and he kind of just like looks behind, like, oh, God. Yep. Everyone's reacting to something behind me, aren't they? And to Daniel Bryan's credit, he came at him full force, like, <laughs> throwing hands, throwing straps, and it just wasn't enough. Right. Yeah. I, I loved when he, when the Fiend reversed the knee plus into her sister Abigail. Yep. Just, just to been, got a kick out there. Great reversal. One thing I will say is I feel like Dan, uh, Daniel Daniel Bryan really brought like a hundred percent into it. Mm -hmm. Like in it, and it did make it. It did make for compelling. Even though I did say it was standard, I feel like the fact that Daniel Bryan brings a hundred percent to everything does make it more compelling, entertaining. Yeah, this is one of the better fiend matches. So I'm happy to see that. I have no idea what they're going to do next. They had Daniel Bryan sell that uh, the match a long time. Yeah, he got helped out of the ring by referees and trainers and stuff and did walk out on his own power. At least that's what they showed him. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd imagine he'll go on to something with, like, King Corbin or somebody else on SmackDown, but 
I still think that Roman Reigns is next on uh, on the list for the Fiend. Yeah, I, I'm guessing SmackDown will have an Elimination Chamber to decide yep. who's going to face the Fiend. So we'll be kind of like going through the like juggernaut of like the best men. The Fiend going through the juggernaut of the best men in the like in the more or less. The thing with the Fiend is that he. It's Bray Wyatt, and he returned after a long hiatus and came back, and a lot of The Fiend's feuds have been with wrestlers that he faced as Bray Wyatt. So the neat thing is that he comes out for these guys he previously had beefs with, like Finn Balor. And then once he beats them, that wrestler kind of goes backwards a little bit in their gimmick. Like Daniel Bryan, I think you saw him the thing. He had long hair, a long beard. He was oh, like yeah. an environmentalist character. And then he oh, got beaten he... by Bray Wyatt. And he went back to his look from 2010-ish. Uh, and just, like, and Finn Balor got beaten by The Fiend and wound up back in NXT. So people, like, kind of go back in time. Get demoted. So he's, like, so he's kind of, you know, come for payback. Yes. So I don't know what he would do with Roman Reigns. I guess The Shield would have to reform. So oh, <laughs> Roman Reigns, like, I know he's, you know, kind of on, like, the hot list right now. Like, right. is he relatively new on the hot list? Relatively. Like, he's had a lot of views with Bray Wyatt, and I think that they could do something special. I just don't know what necessarily that would be. Pirate ship on a pole match. Yes. Ooh. Yes, um, the stadium for WrestleMania has a pirate ship built in. Ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah, Tampa. That makes sense. Right, that Tampa, checks the, out. The Bucks, yeah. Yeah, so I, I do think Reigns is the end game. But who knows? Maybe, what brand? Is Braun Strowman on Raw or SmackDown? He's on SmackDown. I mean, maybe, I, I'm still thinking that that could be a thing. But I have no idea. I, yeah, I would really like that for Elimination Chamber while everyone else is locked in pods that the two of them square off. Mm, for sure. It could be a logical end to like Bray Wyatt's, you know, you know, smash and demolish, demoting people back, and then like the hero kind of restoring yeah. the rightful balance. Right, yeah. I think Roman Reigns is probably the guy they want to beat Bray Wyatt after yeah. what's been like, it's been less than a year, but it's been like six months of just nonstop eight months maybe of non-stop uh, domination yeah he came back in august as the fiend okay. and beat up uh Balor. so i like the idea of roman reigns being like the healing factor for people so you just like gives you a fist bump and you're back to normal <laughs> that would be wonderful and then like, ray white's hair just or dan brown's hair just explodes out of his head <laughs> and then the guys who like, got demoted you know all come back right yep the next match on the card was Becky Lynch defeating Asuka by submission. Asuka uh, with Kyrie Sane, her tag team partner. Mm. And it was for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Uh, this was well, my favorite match on the card that wasn't a rumble, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Mine too. Yeah, they did a great job. They have such great chemistry, and I love that they're restrained enough not to put them in the ring together too often. Yeah. And Annually right now. And they're both, they are both excellent. They're two of the top women fighters. They're both, they're both really excellent on their own. And then, it, and they both, you know, bring a lot of fire. Like I feel, I see some, you know, fighting styles and I feel like they're, both of theirs are very fiery. So when you bring that fire power together, mm -hmm. just like, I mean, it, like, you know, it'll explode. Things, shit will explode if you do it too often, but like. You bring them together for a special event like this, like, pow! <laughs> That's a good way to put it. That's the sound uh, that Oscar's mouth made when the green mist came out. Yes. Wow. Yes, and then it missed. It was a big week. I think 
this happened on the same date as the Kagetsu match we watched beforehand. So huh. it was a big weekend for people missing Green Mist. Yeah. Uh, being spit into people's faces. Yeah, this match was great. Becky Lynch um, hasn't always had the, like great technical uh, opponents in her reign, but no. Asuka's been, Asuka is one of the best female professional oh, yeah. wrestlers in the world. Having Kyrie Sane just like pantomime things around her and get <laughs> her is super fucking charming. Oh. Right. Everything she does is just so cute. I feel like, like I feel like she was a good kind of little sprightly like foil to like the two fire powered mm -hmm. ones and just having the like that you know just sweet sprightly energy like sprinkled within. Right. I know technically she's a heel, but it's it's. Uh, it, it, I I don't I no, don't buy I really don't too, buy that. She's too likable. Yeah. I really don't buy her as a heel. She right. does too many charming things with an umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're kind of tweeners right now. They're kind of in between heel and face yeah. because they're just too they're too talented and too likable to cheer against. But I love uh, the story into this going that Becky Lynch just wants to avenge her loss from last year. It's her only major loss for the calendar year. And then going all out. And I think the thing I like most about it is that you kind of forget how good Becky Lynch is sometimes because when you're a top person in WWE, you got to do a bunch of three-minute matches on yeah. Raw and tag matches and stuff. The that Mania don't really last year, it really... Yes, she has, she's had a bad string of main events. Uh, WrestleMania, she had like four or three months fighting Lacey Evans. Yep. Very uncharming <laughs> chemistry with her fiancé, Seth Rollins. Yep. So, yeah, it's good to have, be back to basic. Just, I am determined to beat this person. And Asuka got to do some uh, a longer match than normal because she, I, when was the last time she had a major singles match? It's been a long time yeah. because she's been in the Kabuki War Warriors, who've been the tag champions for like three or four months now. Yeah, the tag champs never get to do anything. Right. And traditionally, people who are in tags don't get to wrestle singles as often. Or, I mean, most of the time they don't. So right. to get to watch her, like you admit, you said that like, oh, it's easy to forget how good Becky Lynch is in the singles. It's easy to forget how good Asuka is. Because yeah. we're a long time away from nobody yeah, is ready for Asuka. We're two years removed from her win streak. Right. So to see her look a little bit more like her dominant... Uh, NXT self was really welcome mm. and Chekhov's gun was the green mist so I like that it factored into the finish of the match but it didn't land and it looked theatrically wonderful yes yeah the ending saw uh, Becky accidentally got pushed into the ref and Oscar went to spit the green mist but missed the mist white comedy <laughs> And it went in the, just straight into the air and looked fantastic, and that's how Becky was able to get the win uh, with the submission hold. And I think it's, yeah, Becky had to pull out some, like, new moves throughout, because there was a point where, like, they were standing on a rope, and I think Becky did kind of a rock-bottom thing, but uh, you and I were both like, is she going to do a Spanish fly to the outside? Yeah. And they did not do that. Thank God. But she did slam Casca face-first on the concrete at one point. Yep. It was brutal. Yeah, she had to be tougher, she had to be stronger, because, like you had said, this is the only person who beat her one-on-one -on -one decisively in the last year, so she did it. Yeah, Asuka, actually, I think, I mean, it's a, a thing I commented on at the end of last year, that Asuka kind of has Becky's number 90% of the time, and it was 100% used before. Yep. Uh, Charlotte always beats Asuka, unless last night by DeQ, and Becky usually beats Charlotte, oh, so yeah. it's like a rock-paper-scissors relationship they have over there. Uh, this kind of breaks... Yeah, this breaks the mold a little bit, but mm. it's good for the character, good for Becky, it gives her some momentum going into the WrestleMania season. Yep. Hopefully, she keeps it, and we get another... Um, yeah, hopefully she gets the main event again. And now... Let's talk about the men's Royal Rumble. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. It, it was good. Yeah, um, I loved it. Yeah, the 
the dramatic tension going into it of knowing Brock Lesnar was number one, mm-hmm. it, it, the, the first thing as a fan was just like, all right, who's going to be the guy who eliminates him? And just the ex- existential dread of the idea of, oh, what if he killed 29 guys? Mm-hmm. The whole week going into it, I was like, what if Brock Lesnar enters at number one and lasts until at least the final two? Like how, <laughs> how mad would everyone be? But also, how much would I respect the balls it takes to try that? (laughs) I mean, they had him win Money in the Bank when he was in the match for under a minute. True. That is true. So they are not afraid to take risks with him. No. But it's cool, because I liked uh, that it was basically every Brock Lesnar match, but uh, several 90-second matches thrown together. Yep. Like, every every Brock Lesnar match starts with him dominating with suplexes and throwing guys around until... Something happens, usually he gets hit in the balls, and then he he's vulnerable, and either he guts out a win, or he loses miserably. Yeah. And this time he lost miserably, but it took half the roster. Literally. <laughs> to beat him. And he, t- he told a very interesting story with a majority of the people he squared off with. I think having Elias come out and sing his <laughs> oh. original song, Sacrificial Lamb. You can't see it, but Alyssa oh, is shaking her God. head right now. Yeah, <laughs> was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Elias, I feel like he kind of asks to get be, beat oh, up. Yeah. Like, I mean, he is in a sport where <laughs> being beat up is the norm, but I feel like, you know, the whole the whole song routine, I feel like that is really asking for. And then Brock Lesnar turns around. Like, who's the guy who just punched him out immediately? Who punched who out? Elias. And, like, Elias was, like, you know, playing his song. And then, like... And then uh, I th- at the Rumble? Yeah. And then, like, someone just glares at him. It's like... <laughs> it was Brock. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, yeah. Anyway, and then Brock, you know, he looks, you know, like a raging bull and just punches him out immediately. I'm like... And he didn't even sing anything that, like, mean. It <laughs> no. was like... God, imagine... It was like... Elias was singing, was singing, like insulting his family, and yeah. for like, like for all like the vitriol Brock put into it. Yeah, it was just like a very, it was kind of self-deprecating, really. Yeah. And Brock was like, "Nope, I've had enough. I hate music." Yep. And he ran out, and uh, we want to smash people. Yeah. Brock is a scary fast man, so yeah. it did kind of establish that you can't hang out outside the ring and wait for him a little bit. Yep. Yeah, in a subtle psychology way. Yeah, he got Elias in the ring real quick. He hit him with what looked like the really hard part of the guitar Elias had. It did not <laughs> yeah. break. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the other side probably was gimmicked to break and shatter like most wrestling guitars are. Yep. But that one did not, and that looked painful as hell. Oh, yeah. I forget who came out after Elias. I knew it was... Who did we get? Uh, uh, Eric Rowan. Fucking... So, <laughs> the whole thing about Eric Rowan right now is, why you get a cage, bud? Yeah, he has, is- he has a cage... That is roughly big enough for like a, a cat or a very small dog. Yeah. And it's got a cloth over it, and he gets enraged when people try to look at it. And also, people have reached in and gotten bitten by whatever's in the cage. Right. So that's his storyline right now. So, like, it, the obvious thing to me was just like, he's going to take the tarp off. We're going to see what's in the cage. He's going to lord Lesnar into looking into the cage. <laughs> he brought the cage to the ring. He set it down on the stairs. I'm fucking closed. I'm the ring. In eight S- seconds, yeah. Eight seconds. 
no mention of the cage at all. I'm just like, why are we here? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are we doing with that? Rock doesn't have curiosity. <laughs> <laughs> just violence. <laughs> I'm curious. Brock's seen enough. Oh my god. <laughs> Which, like, it, it's funny. Only because it's just, it's exasperating. I'm just like, what do you want from Eric Rowan? <laughs> uh, he got to look strong on Raw last night. So, I mean, he, <laughs> you know, he also got pummeled in this one. Yeah. So, you know, he, he's, he's big for regular TV. And that's about, that's kind of his ceiling. There you go. For what we can see. Uh, yeah. I don't know if we want to keep going entrance by entrance, but like, I mean, uh, the first 15 all got eliminated in more or less under. Where's, where's Kofi? Uh, Kofi? Kofi lasted five minutes, so yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, what I would want to mention just about the people who faced it, like, I really like the alliance between Kofi, yeah. Biggie, and Rey Mysterio. Yeah, that was the first, uh, first ray of hope that we got. Yeah. It's like, oh, we got to defeat this big juggernaut, right? Right, yeah. yeah. Kofi, we, fans all wanted Kofi to get his revenge. I had. I had said that I hope Kofi eliminates Brock and gets to fight him at Mania. Yep. Then they played, they they must have heard the podcast and they played me like a fool. Mm. They did. They played you like Elias' guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Not well? <laughs> exactly, because you kept watching. <laughs> Cesaro was in there, he got eliminated pretty mm. quick, but just the idea that Keith Lee could come in as like one of the most believable threats to Lesnar yeah. Oh god, that moment. They're just like the question of is he gonna be the one? Are they gonna capitalize on all this momentum that Lee's had since Survivor Series? They didn't, but just like the what if was just beautiful. Right, yeah, they did a they great job Brock to his credit did a great job selling it. Keith Lee came out and you can hear him out see him out Oh a big boy <laughs> And then he turned to Paul Heyman and goes, Who's this big motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> Brock is a better actor than people give him credit for. Oh, yeah. And they had... Uh, I really hope that sometime they get to, like, work one-on-one, because I think Keith Lee could bring out the kind of stuff that people like about Brock Lesnar. I think he could bring out, the, like, the more acrobatic part of Lesnar, because mm-hmm. that's part of Keith Lee's lore, is that he's a huge dude who does surprising flips and uh, agile things, and right. Lesnar, I feel like, could be like, oh, you do that? I do that. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can get Brock oh. to try a shooting star press again. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, the last thing I'll mention before, like, the, the Brock part of the match kind of peters out is that, um, Brock dancing to things is never not entertaining. <laughs> right. And part of me, like, I was trying to do the math in my head of, would he have been around when MVP was around? Mm-hmm. But either way, him dancing to MVP's music while MVP was coming out yeah. is fucking classic. I think, uh, was it Twitter or Uprox? Somebody posted that he, no, I think it was Uprox, he was doing the dance from Bloodsport. Jean-Claude Van Damme's, like, dance. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Just a weird... He's such a weird dude. Yep. (laughs) Just a weird, angry man from the Midwest who is entertained by the most surprising things. Yeah. When he won the money in the bank for a while, he also used the the big briefcase they give him as a boombox and pretended that it was playing music, and they eventually drew speakers on it, and that was... It's just a thing that he did. Literally marching to the beat of his own drama. Yes. Yeah. And it's a, yeah. And it was cool to see Shinsuke get, I mean, he was eliminated in 20 seconds, but it was cool to see him get some offense against Brock. Oh my God. And like, it's one of those things where like fans like you and I can be like, oh, I wonder if they're going to play off of their history from New Japan. No. No, not at all. Not at all. Other than the fact that it's, this is a very, though you just look through the list of people who Brock eliminated very quickly and it's majority of them are people he's faced before in some capacity or he has some history with or in the case of like John Morrison was just around when Brock was around yep so 
then we get Dr- Ricochet and Drew McIntyre come in. Chekhov's oh. nutshot. Yeah, it was fun. It was interesting because the Raw before uh, the Rumble, Ricochet and Brock Lesnar had a random confrontation. Yeah. yeah, between the, each other, where Brock kicked Ricochet in the nuts, and Ricochet did not do a flip to sell it. So I can't believe. He's going to be sticking around much longer. Uh, if you're not going to get kicked in the nuts and do a flip, why are you signing Ricochet? <laughs> <laughs> Just to piss off Will Ospreay. <laughs> yeah, so they came in. Ricochet surprisingly lasted not long enough for Drew McIntyre to come in, mm. basically. And Drew came in, and they worked together uh, unfittingly, or uh, unbeknownst to each other, really. Right. Were you excited for to see Brock Lesnar get eliminated, Alyssa? I kind I kind of was because like he just kept throwing guy after guy after guy boom 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 yeah. and I was worried about it getting a little anticlimactic. Mm, yeah, they built it up very well until he finally got kicked in the nuts. His one weakness. He got kicked in the nuts, which led to a kick in the face. Yes, which which probably didn't hurt him. It just had the momentum to push him out of the ring. Pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, we got and then Drew McIntyre got to look like a hero. And everyone loves Drew McIntyre now. I feel like the fact that Drew McIntyre eliminated Brock Lesnar, I feel like that was a good signal that he was going to win. Because if he defeats the guy who defeats the past Mm, 13 guys, then it's like, hmm, this is someone to watch out for. Yeah. I was thinking that someone would eliminate Brock and get the title shot against Brock. But then someone else would win the match and get the title Mm. against Bray Wyatt. Because they're nominally equal titles. Yep. Uh, they're both main event titles of WrestleMania. But Drew McIntyre winning uh, the Rumble and beating Brock Lesnar, very exciting. That was basically, I don't think that was the right call. And especially um, now that uh, seeing the reaction to Drew on Raw the next night. I think that, yeah, that was of the men's ro- Rumble match. Like, Lesnar entering, that's like number three moment. McIntyre um, eliminating him, that's like number one. Number two, Edge is back. Yes, surprise. Semi-surprisingly, uh, let's say you're not familiar with Edge, right? You probably never watched no. him. Yeah, he was around when, what would the, the, the ladder matches would have been, like, 98 or something like that, right? The triangle ladder match of Mania was 2000. Yeah, but the Hardys, uh... That would have been 99, I think. Yeah, nine, okay. Uh, yeah, way so. before I got Yes, yeah, so, like, way... way yeah, I, I was wondering maybe we watched a match, like, randomly, but no. Okay, well, Edge was, uh... Yeah, so we tr- I tried to explain this as actually was happening, so I couldn't do it well. But Edge was a wrestler Flash for... Flash, I was falling asleep. Yes, you were also falling asleep, and uh, I'm surprised you remembered who won. <laughs> because you felt, you asked me on the way to the car. <laughs> I mean, once the big bads vanquished, the, the movie's over. That's Lesnar true. Lesnar had been felled. That's true. With a claymore. Yes. So so Edge was a wrestler for when Dennis and I were teens, basically. And he was he was great. He was one of my favorites. And he like had to retire very suddenly because of neck surgery. And then uh, he was kind of and he just started a podcast. And he's been kind of doing that for a few years. He ha- he's been doing Edge and Christian's uh, sketch show. Yes, on the, the network. Yeah. Yeah, which is Christian sketch show. Um, no, uh, he's, <laughs> he's like he, a variety show of Bible stories. <laughs> it would be so much better. It would be very funny if they did that. Oh, um, Edge's longtime tag team partner and I guess real life best friend is a, a wrestler named Christian. Okay. Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Edge and Christian were the, yeah, they were a great tag team. Basically, the last thing that we saw of Edge as fans was, what, WrestleMania 26-ish? What was it? 26? 27, 28. Yeah, yeah, okay. What year was that? Um, like eight years ago? Eight yeah. or nine? Nine years ago, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They kept saying nine. So, basically, the last thing we saw of him, he was the, the top champion. 
and then uh, Alberto Del Rio won the Royal Rumble that year. So they were facing each other at WrestleMania. And it was weird because Dennis and I were watching it together and the match opened the card. So it was like the top title being the first match on the card. Very odd. Yeah. And then Del it was a suspiciously short match, maybe under 15 minutes, which is very strange for a big marquee match. Then the next night, Edge was like, I got, I, I can't feel my hands, so I got to retire now. Yeah. So it was just sad. And so it's good to see him back, and hopefully he gets to end on his own terms. He started a very interesting program with Randy Orton last night, and it's the only time that I'll be interested in Randy Orton. <laughs> it's the only way to make him interesting to me now. I mean, potentially that's the only time Randy Orton will be interested in Randy that, Orton. That we is don't know. true. That is true. He could just redo things he did nine years ago. Yep. Good way for him to make, well, a good way for The Edge to make a comeback, it yes. sounds like. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that was the Royal Rumble. Did it live up to your expectations as your favorite uh, event of the year? Absolutely. Hey, You don't sound sure. Actually, well, I did like, as we were saying before, I like the other Rumbles I've seen okay. better. Okay. Um, I would say I've seen three Rumbles with you. I would say 2018 was my favorite. Is that the first one we saw together? Yeah, okay. and okay. then that's when Oscar won the women's, mm. Shinsuke won the men's. That's true, yeah, that's a and... tough one to beat for favorites. But it's still my, I would say it's still my favorite event because I like the pace. I feel like I, because, you know, everything moves at lightning speed. Everyone gives it their all. I, you really get to see their athleticism on display. So that's why it's my, fa it's my favorite event. Yeah. yeah. Daz, what'd you think? Um, I liked it. I think yeah. that, um, like I was saying earlier, like the first half was super, was intriguing of just like, when are we going to pull the trigger on throwing Brock out? The second half I liked a lot. I think that McIntyre is a mildly surprising pick to win it all. I think that whatever he does at Mania, assuming he's going to fight Lesnar because I can't. He already declared it, yeah. Okay. So unless something happens to Lesnar, like he dances and pulls all of his muscles. Right. <laughs> That's what he was, like, talking about when I was, like, half awake. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, can this, can, I just want to go home, can this guy shut up already? The match is over. Yeah. Maybe he'll get upset by our truth Yeah. The revenge of Sioux Falls City. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think him and, him and Brock will have a great match. I think that Lesnar, in part, in part what helps him is, like, he's not around all the time, which there's, there's positive negatives that's been talked about a ton. He hasn't had that many dynamic matches with people. Right. So his list of one-on-one -on -one opponents in the last five years is not a lot of new guys like it's no. usually big show undertaker one member of the shield in a rotation mcintyre mm -hmm. is a new fresh matchup and i think that'll be very very entertaining in mania yeah i, I agree he also hasn't really he's kind of gotten a raw deal a little bit for a few years so oh yeah like he his nxt championship run might have been the shortest it i think it was and he got hurt when he lost it yes so, so he, he was out for a while and then came back as a surprise yep and then he was basically the the big guy that roman reigns fought while roman reigns while everyone was making sure roman reigns was okay after cancer yeah when you're one of like a mishmash of dudes who's helping shane mcmahon fight people and <laughs> not winning yes not great you're right. So it's a surprise, and I'm glad. It makes me happy. It makes me happy to see that it's never too late to turn the you know the rocket on yep. and shoot someone up to the top of the card. All right. So that has been the Wrestle Downs Royal Rumble coverage. Uh, anything you want to add, Alyssa? Anything I'd like to add? More Becky Oscar matches in the future, please. Yes, we all want that. Yeah. Uh, Dennis. Don't like Santina. <laughs> Fair enough. Keaton. And Keaton's been awful quiet. Okay. Well, I I can guarantee you. 
that Keaton's blue blanket is very warm right now. Also, happy belated birthday to Sasha. Um, oh, yes. Uh, Rumble took place on her birthday. I really hope she'd win it all because of that, but I hope she had a great time celebrating. Right, yeah. If she has, if she has an injury, that's unfortunate. That's a terrible way to spend her birthday, though it seems like she's hanging out with her dog a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to spend her birthday. So, that's judging from Instagram. So... Uh, hopefully she comes back. I'm hoping for Bailey and uh, Sasha versus Kabuki Warriors of Mania. Oh. Yeah. There's zero oh, to boy. indicate that that could happen. Right. But I hope a lot of things. Uh, this has been The Wrestle Down. I'm Jared Palapal. It's Twitter.com Swing Dingling. That's me, Des Bruno, at dbruno42 on Instagram, at Sensei Danny B on Twitter. And Alyssa, do you have, if you have anything? Um, I do so. not have Twitter. Um, yeah. Follow me at AlyssaIrene715 on Instagram. And Keaton, as always, is Keaton Fuzzy on Instagram. He updates a lot. This has been the Wrestle Down. Thanks for listening up. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.